the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high-impact life. Now, here's Rick. Welcome to the Point of Impact podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel. Great to have you joining with us again today. And we've been talking about setbacks and comebacks and kind of laid the foundation with some basic principles over these last number of episodes. And now we're going to shift into some individual comebacks, things like a relational comeback we'll talk about today, financial comeback, career comeback, things like that. We're going to break it down, get into some of the specifics of different comebacks that you might need in your life or want in your life. Once we established, you know, kind of the basic underpinnings of setbacks, why they happen, what we can learn from them, and then steps and components of a comeback. But before we jump into all of that, I want to just talk with you about one thing. I've been doing a fair amount of traveling, speaking here lately. And one of the things that I'm experiencing, which is really interesting, is I'm running into people that are familiar with me from my writing and my books and kind of surprised uh, to know, you know, that I'm a speaker and um, an effective speaker, whatever you want to say. Uh, like, wow, you're a really good speaker. Like, I thought you were just the guy that wrote books. And just want to tell you, long before I became more known in the writing field, I- I've been a speaker for much longer period of time. And uh, if you don't know that, or if you haven't heard any of my messages, if you go on my YouTube channel, Rick McDaniel YouTube channel, there's there's probably like 50 different uh, messages, some as short as a few minutes, some as long as 35 minutes that I have done on any number of topics or subjects. So uh, you might want to check that out if uh, you, you haven't heard me speak. You know, a podcast is certainly not the same as, uh, as speaking, preaching, whatever you want to call it, a speech, a message, a talk, a sermon. They're different than just doing something like what what you're listening to here today. I mentioned last week, you know, I have these short little videos that I've been doing, two-minute videos that come out every Monday morning on my social media on Instagram, which is uh, Rick McDaniel underscore official, uh, Twitter, which is just Rick McDaniel, um, Facebook, Rick McDaniel, H-I-L, which is High Impact Living, the, the ministry I run organization called High Impact Living, <clears throat> Rick McDaniel HIL. So those are places you can you can find them if you want to watch those. But uh, for those that are looking for maybe something a little bit longer or seeing in, you know, sort of from the stage, that type of, of speaking, I have a number of them out on my YouTube channel. And I would encourage you to to check them out. And I'm uh, working right now on uh, booking my 2023 speaking calendar. So uh, maybe you'll have a chance to see me speak live as well somewhere down the road. And by the way, if you are interested in that for your church or your event or your organization, conference, whatever it is, you can go to rickmcdaniel.com and there's a contact form there that you can fill out to to, uh, talk about booking me to to speak in in um, again in in some context that you might uh, have 
interest in or control over and you're, you're looking to book speakers. Uh, I Again, I do all those from keynotes to messages at, at churches uh, to all sorts of things. So if you're interested in any of that or know someone who is, just uh, send them my way, um, rickmcdaniel.com, and just uh, contact us and we'd be happy to talk with you about any of those things. So anyway, that's me and, and my speaking. So let's get back to this podcast here and, and talk today about really a, a really important subject, which is how to have a relational comeback. You know, maybe you're divorced. Uh, maybe you're estranged from a family member. Maybe you're, uh, you're um, in a situation where you've lost a friend and you've experienced a, a relational setback. The pain of these setbacks is, is real. It's intense. There was a study that came out from two researchers, Ethan Cross at the University of Michigan, Edward Smith at Columbia, and they discovered that the pain of rejection is more than just a figure of speech. The regions of the brain responding to physical pain actually overlap those responding to social rejection. Using brain imaging, they were able to determine not just physical pain, but emotional pain affects us in a similar way. They put subjects in the four situations and measured their response in the brain using uh, magnetic resonance imaging. And one was when they viewed a photo of their former boyfriend or girlfriend and thought about that breakup. Another was when they viewed a photo of a friend and thought positively about that friendship. A third was when uh, a device that produced a gentle, comforting warmth was placed on their arm. And the final one was when a device that was hot enough to cause some physical pain, though, though not physical damage, was placed on their arm. The two negative situations caused a response in the brain that was identical. They overlapped in regards to actual physical pain and the pain of social rejection. So it turns out that relational rejection really is painful. Our brains communicate to us the pain of rejection. And you may have had such an experience. You've had a relational setback of, of some type. And so you're, you know, re, you know reticent, you're, you're cautious about rejection. You, you see it, you know, as sort of a rejection of your personhood uh, instead of, say, maybe your performance. And this is a setback. There's no doubt about it. Friendships are crucial. In, in relationships, we receive the needed support and encouragement that, that uh, is just a part of being a human being. So you have to, you have, to have relationships in your life. You need to build on a foundation of openness and, and trust. Relationships are crucial. But if you're afraid of rejection, what do you do? Stay in the setback or have a relationship comeback? And that's what I want to help you with today. How do you have a relationship comeback? Because you've got to keep the fear of, of, the, of the rejection from preventing friendship so that you can have the needed, fulfilled, and happy friendships and relationships in your life. Community is just absolutely crucial. Within the church, certainly, it's a, it's a big word because it, it's really what constitutes normative Christianity is to be in relationship with other people. Uh, one of the words in the Bible for the church is the family of God. Sometimes people say, well, I'm a follower of Christ or I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church. But 
how can you be a follower of Christ and not be in the family of God and be where the family of God gathers together? Not just on Sunday, by the way, but for all types of other small group meetings and classes and ministry opportunities. I mean, it's just it's just impossible, really, to to be a, a follower of Christ and, and not be in the body of Christ. Some people say, well, I don't, I don't want to be part of organized religion, but organized religion and a local church are really not the same thing. You can be a part of a, a local church, a local expression without being a part of, quote unquote, organized religion. You know, people can have bad experiences where they didn't say, feel that they were in community. I mean, that can happen. But it's so important that you open yourself up to entering into new and and better relationships. You can't have a relational comeback if if you don't see the the value of community and the willingness to have to open yourself up to being a part of community. So then, you know, what are the criteria for a new relationship? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. A relational comeback happens with new relationships. So what should you be looking for? People that are healthy and safe. You know, you don't just open yourself up to anyone. But the opposite response of opening yourself up to no one is not healthy easier either. So you have to find a way to open up and just open up to the right people. I don't think you can ever have enough friends. I mean, I've been making friends my whole life and 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 I'm I'm making new friends all the time and I just don't see how that could ever be a a bad thing. Having new friendships just brings you, you know, new experiences, new information, new perspectives, new adventures that you just wouldn't have. In, and if you didn't have these new friendships and relationships at the same time, of course, it doesn't mean you jettison your old friendships. I had one of my long, long time friends from college uh, visit here just recently, just a few weeks ago. And we spent like, you know, three hours together. And um, I just can't tell you how, you know, how enjoyable it is to to just know somebody for that long and be able to hang out for three hours and just have a a great time. So long-term relationships are great, but new ones are too. You know, sometimes you have to, you know, again, withdraw from people that aren't healthy or aren't safe. You know, they cause trouble. They need to be avoided. So that's okay. But you've got to be open to people that are healthy and and safe and let those new relationships bring you joy and greater happiness into your life. You can't let the fear of rejection keep you from that. New people may, you know, sort of run in a different crowd or with a different group or, you know, do things somehow differently than your past and and. Um, and that's good. You know, I'm, I'm referring to good experiences now, not getting involved in things that are, that are unhealthy or uh, will lead you down the wrong path. But meeting new people and, and developing new friendships is, is just crucial. You know, you're always going to have the opportunity, the potential, maybe a better way to say it, for 
risk of, of, of being hurt if you uh, enter into a new relationship, but you can calculate risk by, you know, observing people and trying to determine if they're, you know, healthy and if they're good, if they're good. I think it, it, it's, it's, it's a, something that is crucial if you're going to enter into a relational comeback. I, I, for one, you know, encourage the church just because the church is like a built in community, like pre-existing community. I just can't think of anywhere you could go, frankly, that you could make more friends and be around a better group of people than than going to a local church. Now, you know, I'm not saying that every church is good and healthy because that that wouldn't be true. But the majority are. And the built-in opportunity for relationship is just really, there's just really nothing like it that, you, I mean, you could join clubs and other organizations, yes, but man, the church is just so wired and built in that direction. So if you say, yeah, you know, I, I'm ready for relational comeback, I just don't know where to start. That's a good place to start for sure. Now, you know, many relational setbacks are the result of, of conflict. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a part of life. People disagree and, uh, man, we see it in our country like crazy. So it's not like, oh, what a shock. You have conflict in every marriage. doesn't matter. You're going to have to have conflict. I mean, it's just part of life. And maybe you didn't deal with the conflict in the best way. It, you know, because it can lead to a better relationship, really. It can strengthen your relationship. So instead of running from strife, you know, you address it. But how you address it makes all the difference. And I think the number one, the number one tip on that is 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 listening rather than talking. Trying to just listen and see if you can't figure out what's going on. You'll never resolve a conflict unless both people are willing to listen to each other. When people can listen and hear each other's point of view, even if they don't agree, they can probably come to some place of agreement or at least agree to disagree. You know, there's a difference between agreeing to disagree and being disagreeable. My wife and I have agreed to disagree a a number of times in our relationship. Um, That is healthy. Being disagreeable is is not. So if you can kind of just get that mental shift in your in your mind, that kind of paradigm shift and say, all right, we don't always have to agree on on everything. I mean, there's just some things that the, the way my wife sees them, because frankly, because of, really because of, of, I think, her gender, just looking at it from a female perspective, which is different from my male perspective or her personality just because of her personality is she's going to see things differently background. I mean, those are three big ones right there, but that doesn't mean, you know, you can't still have a relationship and, and, and have a healthy one. Sometimes you have to kind of, you know, choose your battles, major on the majors, as they say, minor on the minors. You may have, you know, some strong opinions, but you have to ask yourself, you know, how far do I want to go with this? Because it could risk ending a friendship. And so you have to ask yourself, you know, is it worth it? 
I think another part of understanding relationships and relational setbacks and relational comebacks is kind of looking at how do we view things that happen? You know, are we going to kind of have that negative perspective or a positive one? There's plenty of negativity in the world. And there's stuff that will come into your life. But you have to decide, you know, I I call it dwelling on the downers. Are you going to dwell on the downers? You know, are you just going to move past it and choose to see things in a more positive light? Dwelling on downers does not strengthen relationship. It strains them. That's what strains and ultimately can end relationships is constant negativity. There is, if you can find it, you can find the good, you can find the positive. You just have to to look for it a, a little bit more. And sometimes you just have to exercise faith and belief. And when you don't do that, that can end up leading to a relational setback. So it's so important to just, you know, ask yourself, am I bringing a a positive viewpoint and outlook into this relationship? If you can just listen, you know, and respond to what you hear and, and really try to look at things positively, make things better, that will bless a relationship. I'm not saying it can always be done, but you'd be surprised how far that'll take you. And even if everyone isn't, say, happy, if they feel like they've been heard, they feel better. And that will strengthen a relationship for sure. Something that I have talked a lot about over the years, and man, I just, I just, you just can't get away from it. In the matter, no matter how much, uh, is this whole idea of, you know, being a people pleaser, you know, to have a relationship come back really requires you to not be a people pleaser. And that sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? You know, you, you just think, well, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> not pleasing people. That's what got me into this relationship setback to begin with. But No, it didn't. Just hear me out now today. Why does trying to please people not work? Because you can never please everyone. Accepting you can't make everyone happy helps relationships. It doesn't harm them. Some are driven, so driven to be liked, to to want everyone to be happy, for everyone to get along. And, And that sounds great. But in reality, everyone can't always get along. That doesn't mean they can't get along much of the time, but not always. People are never always going to agree. Two people can be in the same situation and see it in two totally different ways. So people pleasing ultimately leads you to unhappiness. When your life is about pleasing other people, you'll never be fully satisfied. You'll be frustrated and unhappy. And what can happen, and 
maybe this has happened to you, is that wanting to please people, you begin to sort of conform your lifestyle because you fear rejection. But that ultimately makes you unhappy. If you're a people pleaser and you're going to conform your lifestyle to what pleases people, you you may not end up being uh, someone that pleases God. You know, Paul said, if I was if I was going to do that, please people, I I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. In other words, when you um, are more interested in people pleasing than God pleasing, you're in a bad way. You stunt your spiritual growth. Because you're too concerned about what other people think. And as long as you're more concerned about what others think than what God thinks, there's no possibility of a relational comeback. Again, it's, it sounds somewhat counterintuitive. You know, I'm trying to have a relational comeback, Rick, and you're telling me to uh, not want to please people. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying that shouldn't be your, your focus in life is just to please people. That's what I mean. Now, I certainly don't mean, hey, you know, go around ticking people off and being a jerk. You know, act whatever way you like and then say, well, I'm pleasing God, not people. Pleasing God doesn't mean you make everybody else mad at you and reject you. You know, if you're rejected for for just being a jerk, then your relational comeback is stop being a jerk. Pleasing God doesn't mean you know, you'll be the last person anyone wants to be around. If you follow the teachings of Jesus, you're going to love people as you, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. So, you know, many people will end up being blessed by being around you. I'm talking about if you got to choose between God and people, you know, you choose his plan for your life. But again, those things are fewer and far between what you need to understand is how fearing rejection can cause you to conform and take you down paths that that you don't want to go and become a person that you actually don't even want to be here's what it really comes down to at its most basic level you, you need to discern that God accepts you the way you are many people don't seem to grasp this truth that, you know, God accepts you. It doesn't mean God approves of your behavior, but he accepts you and loves you and has a plan for you. So that's where you base your identity, not in the rejection of others, in the breakdown of certain relationships that cause you to be in this setback, but start with God's acceptance of you. God sees value in you, potential in you, and he loves you like a loving father, loves his children, believes in them and their potential. Now, you know, people may not always see you that way, even people that love you the most, which is why you root your identity in something deeper than that. It's crucial for your personhood and for your relationships to understand this essential truth about 
your being loved and accepted by God. And so that becomes then his unconditional love and acceptance becomes the foundation out of which you base and develop relationships so that they can end up being healthy. Not perfect, not perfect, but healthy. We're flawed. We're not perfect, but God is perfect and loves us in a, in a perfect way. And that love then gives us freedom to become who God created us to be. And that kind of freedom cannot be experienced if you're constantly concerned about what others think of you or whether they will accept you or reject you. See how this works. So really a relational comeback really begins with understanding yourself and understanding your ultimate acceptance and love from the one who matters most. And then you base your relationships out of that kind of framework, that kind of foundation. And if people did that, boy, that that just that just sets up a much better potential for healthy relationships to be formed. So much of what goes south in relationships is because the the essential foundation is flawed. I've talked with a lot of people over the years and traumatic experiences and abuse and neglect and all sorts of things that happen in the early days of their life can cause them to have this um, flawed or incorrect or unstable foundation so that then when they enter into relationships, they enter into those relationships not fully loved and accepted and feeling that way. And so then they seek out what they think they need and then people respond to that negatively for various reasons including the own is- their own issues in their lives and and that's how relationships break down and that's how rejection happens and that's how you end up in relational setbacks and the relational comeback comes when you're realize that you know I I'm free because I know God accepts me loves me and has a plan for my life uh, that God wants to direct me to to a place of realizing my full potential. So then that causes you to reach out to others and form healthy relationships. The idea that, you know, somehow God loves me and I'm just going to soak it all in selfishly. It's really that once you receive this knowledge, you can begin to love other people. You can accept other people. You can love them the way God loves you. And this really, in essence, is the is the Christian message, the gospel message that we receive God's love and then we in turn share God's love. This is why so many people enter into relationship with God through Jesus Christ, because it's it's such a healthy way to live and it establishes a, a right approach to relationships. The best way to be in a healthy relationship is to know God's acceptance of you, to receive his love for you, and then to share that love with other people. When God's love comes into your life, it frees you to be a loving person. And it is amazing how love begets love. Forgiveness begets forgiveness. Grace begets grace. I mean, that's 
that's how it works. So all of a sudden, all these negative dynamics that may have existed in relationships in the past are changed, are reversed into positive dynamics. That's how it works. And it, and it works marvelously well when you welcome Christ into your life, receive his forgiveness for your past sins, mistakes, and failures, thank him for his unconditional love and accept, acceptance of you, ask him to then guide you and direct you into his plan for your life and realizing your full God-given potential, you establish a basis out of which then you can form healthy, loving relationships with other people. And that is a marvelous, marvelous, marvelous way to have a relationship come back. So whatever's happened in the past, uh, relationships that have broken down, whether that's in a marriage or in a family amongst uh, parents and children or siblings, or whether that's happened with friendships or whether it's a relationship maybe at work, whatever it is, all of these have the potential for a relational comeback. And But it, it, it begins really first with you seeking out that love and acceptance, community, being able to realize that you can't just uh, live your life to please people. But again, if you live your life to be loving and please God, it's amazing how that will impact your relationships, deal with conflict as it arises, and you're on your way to a, a, a marvelous relational comeback. And I hope that you will, in fact, put these principles into practice because it will bless your life. And we need it just, you know, because individual relational comebacks can make community comebacks and country comebacks relationally. And that would be great for all of us. But let's start with you. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in. And we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.